Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe or have a listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. We love a Linktree because it's got all the ways you can help support Block Talk. Visit linktree.com slash michaelblocktalk to click on the links. We've got a link to Redbubble where you can purchase all of your Block Talk merchandise from t-shirts to mugs to hoodies to totes available in a variety of styles. Another link has all the platforms where you can listen to the podcast, plus links to PayPal and buy me a coffee should you feel the desire to tip a host. And as always, follow me on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. All ends of the switchboard, it's time for a makeover. Five heroes in the community got to live out their drag race fantasies as the inevitable was about to happen. It's time to talk all things Drag Race UK 5. And joining me, she's perfect, she's beautiful, she looks like a model. It's Chantel Francis. How are you? I look like a model? Nobody's ever said that to me before, so I feel great. Thank you. Well, welcome, welcome. Um, friends, Chantel is like a fantastic reality TV show expert podcaster we met officially in new york um a couple weeks ago i don't even I think know it's months anymore. now i think months? it's in october oh, or is that last month <laughs> it was last month we're almost last there month. um but at the rhap event um i have been a patron of rhap probably since like 2015 off and on um and you are one of the class of 2020 hundred percent of you know i've always been a super duper fan of reality tv i've been watching it since i was a child and i never really knew that there were anybody else that watched every single reality tv program like i did until i found the robinson podcast community and i was like oh there's other people that know everything about every show i'm like oh my goodness i found my people and so i just so happened to see rob have a tweet on twitter in 2020 and i applied on audition and started working with him and all the other member- amazing people on Rob as a podcast ever since. So yeah, it's kind of like a dream come true that I didn't even know to have. Yeah. Well, I, I applied also. I didn't even get a, a, an interview, but I have, I have a conspiracy theory of why I didn't because, you know, my specialty was drag race. And at the time there was another homosexual doing drag race on that and I don't think he cared for me because we we would get into tiffs a lot over oh, some of the things he said. I mean, but you know who I'm talking about. Do I? Be done. Huh. I'll have to. We'll have to speak offline because I'm not you, sure. You'll I do know. your sleuthing off it. Um, but yeah, so that's okay because once um, that didn't happen, I was like, I'm going to focus all on Drag Race, and I made the commitment to do every franchise of Drag Race, and I think I regret it to this day Um, (laughs) because at that time in 2020 we didn't have this much drag race but i'm grateful for it now, before we begin, friends, as always, I must leave a disclaimer. This is an entertainment podcast. We're discussing reality TV show characters as presented to us. Reality production. We are shown the editing when television show wants to see. We react to what is presented. Yes, the real people can go on to and go on television to do the craft. But they've also put themselves in the position to discuss with us on the podcast for entertainment to discuss reality on the show. Now, that's out of the way. 
I don't know, friends, if you have heard yet, you might have seen my social media. Um, I've officially been nominated for another Glam Award for New York City Nightlife for Best Podcast and Best Writer Blogger. I'm excited to lose again because this time I'm not not up against one Rue girl. I'm up against two. So um, (laughs) Monet, Jan, congratulations on beating me it's okay oh it's okay it's a, it's a at least you're contest. amongst the greats exactly uh lady bunny's up for it also i was like yeah <laughs> this makes sense <laughs> lady bunny money exchange jan sport me no that's right um and maybe i'll get the rhab community to like go throw some votes out for me maybe we can make that happen let's start a campaign i'm excited to have you here because i love new voices and learning how you got into the world of drag race tell us when you started watching drag race and why drag race is an important show for you um okay so i i actually started watching drag race late because i i had no idea what it was about i was like rupaul and then i'm like i I was thinking like race cars i was like i was like i really didn't know what was going on and like i could i had no concept or idea of what it was about and it wasn't on a station that was like readily played and so i just had no idea what it was and so i just didn't hear about it i didn't hear anybody talk about it but when i was living in montreal i lived there for about eight years this one drag performer was the first drag performer i really knew personally and he was just always able to transform so well and he was the prettiest woman his name was kiki um and i was just always mesmerized by the fact that he was able to transform and able to perform and then i used to go to Mado on tuesdays and i would just see all these drag performers and so i just found a new little world of people that Loved performing. I, I come from a performer, performing arts background, and they were on stage in these dazzling outfits and singing songs that I knew. And I'm like, I just loved it. So that was up until like 2011. And I don't think I started watching Drag Race until 2017, I think. Um, I think it was episode or season eight, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, oh my goodness, why have I not seen this? I was working with a friend of mine and he was like, you haven't watched Drag Race? This is this is crazy, this is so up your alley. And I'm like, "What? Like, tell me what it's about. And he's like, just watch it. So I'm like, okay, I'll watch it. I binged the entire season straight through and then went back and watched season one all the way up. And then I've been caught up and on top of things ever since. And so, yes. Yeah, for me, I actually started around 2017 as well. Um, I actually made a... Um, a deal with one of my best friends. He's like, you watch Drag Race and I'll watch Survivor. I was like, that's fine with me. If I can get more people on Survivor, <laughs> I'm here for it. And again, it, 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 the rest is history. I, I binged it. I watched it. I had favorites. Of course, my opinions watching like the earlier seasons after the fact may not have aligned with other people. So it was fun for me to be like, oh my God, Ivy Winters. And like, no, she's not going to be your favorite. And then of course the rest <laughs> of the season five catch, like everybody's amazing. Um, but yeah, it, it's really become a phenomenon as RuPaul would say it's all over the world and and for me I keep on saying especially the past year it's really become one of the most important reality shows ever not just for what it's done and for visibility but for the conversations that the show has because yeah we we can watch some reality shows where there's bitchiness and yelling and screaming and pot slamming Drag Race has the cattiness as well. (laughs) They talk about these really important topics like we're going to dive into on this episode. Like 
what other reality shows really did it like the like the real world really would have been like the only chance to hear an actual genuine conversation about aids and everything so i love drag race so 100 like you know they have the mirror moments you likely in every episode there's some sort of mirror moment that somebody in the audience is able to relate to or know somebody that's lived a similar experience or just completely enlighten them to a, a world or an experience that they they've never even considered and so i definitely think it's an extremely important show for it allows in a in a, a non-invasive way to really see the lived experience of people that you might never never know uh, in your lifetime so Absolutely. it's pretty cool well, we are here to talk about Drag Race UK, and I would love to know your history with the United Kingdom. Have you ever been? I actually, my father's from London. I love so that. So I used to visit a lot, lot of times when I was a young, a young girl. Um, I used to have a, a lot of a better British accent, but I haven't practiced <laughs> in a while. But yes, my dad's from England, um, and all my cousins are still, still live there. Um, I love the UK. I love the UK humor. I think UK is really funny. Like, yes, I love the US. Like, it's it's the the beginning of Drag Race. But season two of the UK was just like so amazing. Like, it's I true. still am singing bing bang bong, ding dang dong dong, bing bang bong. Like, I still have that sort of in my head. Um, I just Me I just too. love the UK humor. I love banter. I love I just love. The energy that the, the queens bring it's just a little bit different of a vibe and I, i'm into their vibe absolutely well let's dive into it the gag caramel is out the emotions are high and michael's heart is breaking for what happened she's very sobby as she tells the girls she was not ready to go home and how scary it was doing it also i don't know how they could take her serious with that face in the wig like that is the camp of drag race that we love an emotional moment while someone looks like a buffoon um, or me many nights. That's probably what I look like. <laughs> Ginger thinks this was a wake-up call for Michael. He was shaken. Now, Dee Dee will say that she is so sad to see Kara go as she felt like something completely different happened. Um, dare I say, do you think she feels guilty that she actually thought she was going to be the one eliminated? Um, I yeah, I well, I think that I think that Dee Dee's a little bit shady at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that. I think that Michael is a bigger threat to Dee Dee. And so I think that she thought that if Michael left, that he would have a better shot at, or Dee Dee would have a better shot at staying. So I don't know if she thinks that she, she should have gone instead, but I do think that she's more threatened by Michael than of Carmel. Absolutely. No one has words. And thankfully Kate can make a joke about it. as she tells Michael that Kara has words and advises her to read them out. The mirror message is short, sweet, and sticky, and nasty. Kara's gone. And Tamara is worried that now that she has beaten her roommate, Kara will trash her bedroom or just be homeless. I think it's so fun to have real-world um, friends and roommates on the show together. I wish there was a camera after the fact. I know those two probably did not talk for a month after filming. Do you think... It, this pressure cooker, the fights that they got into in the workroom, I can only imagine as they joked about like who takes out the garbage every week. I, I could see I the two think of them. It could be like I really did like Car- uh, Caramel. I thought that she was beautiful. I thought that she like was a great performer. Um, but I did think that she was a little bit 
in the drag terms, we'll say a little bit boring. And I think that Tamara is just kind of, she has so much personality and so much, she's just so bright in that way in like a, in like a performance kind of way. And I know that Caramel said that she's a huge performer and she's really popular and all that stuff, but I do feel as though Tamara shone a little bit more in this competition. So I could see a little bit of jealousy in, in maybe in their apartment. I mean, listen, you, I've said this before many times on the podcast, you can be an excellent drag artist in the real world. Doesn't mean you're good at the game of drag race. It's a completely different genre. 100%. And I, I believe that Carmel has a, could have a very successful career in, in the drag world, in the real world, even in the UK world. But on the show, I like to like, definitely, definitely. I think she is my favorite. Yeah, she's fantastic. Well, props will be given to Miss Kate Butch, who won and wonders if they do repay Peter Badges in Grayscale. Michael says she looks phenomenal and says her and Ginger were a dream team. And Kate says, while it would have been lovely to share a win with Ginger, she thinks she's got enough of those. Now, Diddy will remind us that she is the best at reading a room. Um, actually, she's not. As she's actually going to preface that she is sorry if it feels insensitive, but she thought that Kara was going to win the lip sync and going to tell this to Michael's face. She's um, jealous. She jealous of Michael. I think, yeah, I, I I love all the North Northeast like girls, um, you know, the Jordy girls. I they're my favorite for sure. Like the trio of them. I think it's I got sold a couple episodes ago with like their um the the reality the talk show that they were doing. What was it called? Mm -hmm. The, the master disaster class. class. Um, like I just was like obsessed with you guys. I do watch Jordy Shore. I love you. <laughs> like I get I get a lot of the references. Like this is good. Um, and so I think that maybe taking the, any of those three down a peg is kind of maybe the vibe of everybody else because they're just, yeah. they're really bright lights in this competition. Yeah, Michael's like, did you think I was bawling my eyes out for my good health? No. Um, but Dee Dee will try to backpedal and say they're both powerhouses of drag and wouldn't want to lose either of them. Children these days really think of this and say whatever they want and then take it back. No, no. Um, now I know that um, that Dee Dee is is best friends with um, Crystal. She is part of the family. I okay. I believe they're sisters. She made it very clear that the, she's not her daughter. <laughs> but I feel like she's older though than Dee Dee. No? I think or than, than Crystal. No. They are similar ages, I believe. I, Crystal, Crystal might so be young. a little younger because I remember like the first episode we saw a side by side like of them 18? when they were like eleven. <laughs> yeah, children, very much babies. Um, but yeah, you you could tell that Dee Dee has come in there knowing she's a legacy and thinking her legacy is going to be the reason why she does well, and it doesn't always work. Well, she's definitely very pretty, but I do think that Crystal painted a little bit better. Oh, we're going to talk about that. Oh, don't you worry <laughs> about that one. All right, we're going to bring it back down to earth. As tomorrow will remind Dee Dee that she still has no badges. And Dee Dee thinks she has proven herself this week while Ginger says, ask the people of Yorkshire, which is the T. Um, I don't know and I can't speak on the Yorkshire accent because I don't go there. Um, but I don't think it was that good. I don't think it was that good. Um, all I know about it, Yorkshire is terriers and pudding. Mm -hmm. In another episode of Wig Swap, Tamara will put on Ginger's hair. Ginger will put on Tamara's hair as she looks like the 4th of July, looking like and feeling like Jennifer Coolidge. With Kara gone, Kate thinks it's anyone's game. She's got a badge and will send some subliminal messages to Ginger to give Kate two of her badges. It's not going to work. Now, Kate will say, could she make it to the final? 
And welcome to the Kiss of Death line. She's oh. not going to. It's your goodbye episode. Oh. Now, obviously, you love reality TV. You watch a lot of reality TV. I have this massive problem where I can't watch a show anymore without watching the edit. Are you the same way? I am the same way. I was like, I would, now that you said that line and now I know what happened, um, obviously I, I w- could read it that way easily. I did, wasn't reading the edit this season though, but I definitely have one person be like, Ooh, the edit said, mm-hmm. or, you know. I love when the shows are pull fast ones on us. I'm like, thank you. You made me surprised for once. <laughs> It's a new day in the workroom. And remember Kate's tiger head from a couple weeks ago? It's still there. They're all laughter and cheers in the pink and orange bright little room. And Tamara can't wait to bite her veneers into another challenge. At least she can admit she has veneers. Good for her. (laughs) I mean, I think she has to admit. (laughs) Uh, You're right. Kate is wearing her badge with pride as Tamara tells her she looked terrible all season, but now she's stunning. Tamara says it now feels like it's really real. There's nowhere to hide. One tiny slip up and goodbye. The alarm sounds and Rue's message gives us a little rhyme that gives us hints of birthing a baby drag queen. They know it's a makeover, mama. Rue arrives wearing a black and white number, and I gotta say that the pattern made her elbows look weird. I don't know why. It looked like Rue might have had alien arms. Something was off. I didn't notice this. Do I need to pull this up to see? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I was just delirious. Um, The Drag Race content's really kicking my ass. Like, not only are things, like blending about but I'm, I'm seeing things i don't know there's something about rue's fashion in her workroom entrances that i'm like mm, something is up. it because she's in the uk and she wants to kind of kick it up a notch on being a I little bit so. more avant-garde a little bit more because I, so. I remember when i used to go to london for the summers and i'd go shopping and i'd bring clothes back to school and like they'd be like oh, people be like oh my god what are you wearing and then like a year and a half later, it'd come in fashion. So maybe it's just trying to keep up with the fashion of the UK. I think so. Well, Rue says with light love and laughter, Drag Race helps people to remember what that we are not alone. And that is the mission of Switchboard, the UK's oldest LGBT hotline. For this week's Matcha Challenge, they will be transforming hotline workers into hot fine drag queens. Now, because fate is better than strategy, Rue is going to have them randomly select their pairs as selected by Kate Bush, who will connect the lines because we really got to make sure we all know it's switchboard. The volunteers are standing by. I felt for those four or those five ordinary people who were forced to just pretend to be on the phone line for a bit that you only saw for like five seconds and then they're like blacked out like they're in the literally <laughs> um i mean i would be i'd be like 100 be like i want to participate <laughs> so i'm sure that they must be fans of the show right oh absolutely you gotta be no. at this point i'm waiting for the inevitable uh podcaster makeover and where i know i'd have to get a phone call um we'll who else would get phone later. calls do you think oh i I don't know, but all I know is I've said it many times. Every time I recap a makeover, my eyebrows are not going anywhere. <laughs> I have too many friends without them. I'm not going to be one of them. And I would well, not be just... able to paint them on. <laughs> but don't they usually use like that glue, like the purple the glue. glue first? Um, but like you can still have your hair there and then you can put like yeah, over top. Well, you, you, that's how most people do it. And that's what the history of the show has shown us. This year alone, I think four different franchises have had contestants shave their partner's eyebrows completely that's not off. Fair. Um, one of them was in Sweden where she uh, buzzed off an MMA fighter's eyebrows. This macho man had to go the next day 
and draw them on for I don't how do we weeks absolutely crazy <laughs> you know that um, he went and got like feathering or, or um probably absolutely <laughs> but yeah that's my that's my one stipulation i'll come on you want me to have the beard plot line i'll come on with some stubble these are what about out. like your legs i don't think i have the legs that you'd want to see in drag so i think i'm fine Red there pants. uh yeah i think it would probably put me probably an a-line skirt because i don't know if i'm going to be talking either but that's a whole difference <laughs> All right, let's see. Kate is going to wheelie herself over to the giant switchboard because she is still wearing the Heelys. Um, Kate and her headset will connect Diddylicious to 3-3-licious and out comes Jamie and he was very sexy. I would not be mad if he was my partner. And everybody is talking about Jamie. And for those who don't know that reference, that is the hit musical on the West End. Are you familiar with the show? Everybody's talking about Jamie. No, my God, tell me more. It is so good. It's actually based on a true story about a um, high schooler uh, in the UK who wants to be a drag queen. And it's a musical. Bianca Del Rio was in the LA premiere of it. Uh, She was also in the West End. Michelle Visage was in the West End version of it. It's so good. And you can actually watch the movie version on Amazon Prime. What? Okay. Well, I have Amazon Prime, so I'm going to watch it. That's great. Great movie. Kate says that Ginger is always number one with her. So number five. Ginger will make over the Brazilian beard named Rodrigo. Um, we knew at least one person had to have a beard. It, it just happens. Well, and he had to know that he was going to shave his beard. Absolutely. Kate will give Michael number one, and her partner is Peter, who became a volunteer in the 1980s. The DILF is in the house. Tomorrow will be hooked up to number two, and that is criminology graduate Gemma, who was so pretty and petite. I loved her. She seems fun. She seems fun, but she's so teeny tiny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, definitely, though, I thought that, you know what? There could be a family resemblance here a little bit. So I thought they were a cute little duo. And finally, Kate will get partner Zan, and her energy very much Kate. Um, is she a Xanadu or a Xanadont? She is absolutely a Xanadu. <laughs> With their partners paired, Rue will remind the kids that the judges are looking for a strong drag family resemblance. And all I will say is that is some of the most controversial instructions we've ever had on Drag Race as consistency is never the same from season to season when it comes to drag family resemblance. What, what I don't understand is the, the name of it is Drag Family Resemblance. Mm-hmm. That is the name of the brief, the competition, the main stage show. Like this is what you have, to, this is all you really have to do. Make them look like you, mm-hmm. or you look like them, or you look like the same person or same family. And I just don't understand why we hear a soundboard of at least one other queen being like, well, she doesn't really look like me, but I think that like her outfit's good. And I'm like, we lost the brief. Right. And as I say every time in the podcast, at this point in time, there are standard challenges on Drag Race. If you have not painted someone, I guarantee you, you got a bunch of friends who wouldn't mind sitting and having their face beat just for fun. Practice. I practice practice on me. Sna- Exactly. Practice snatch game, practice sewing, practice painting. These are the things of Drag Race, future contestants. I know you, you friends up in Canada, I think you have until like today to apply. Um, um, well, I know that season, oh, I don't remember, a new season just started, I think, last yeah. week. So we're into a new season. Yeah, and I think the application actually ends this week for anyone oh, who for wants next to apply year. for season five. Um, but just, just practice, just 
Practice makes perfect. Well, it's just like, like on Survivor. Or The well, Amazing Race, so, right? So you like, just go, just know how to drive stick, you know, read your clue. Which is like, why I would not be on The Amazing Race, because I can't fucking drive at all. Uh, oh, no. Okay. If I ever went on, I would make sure whoever my partner is loves driving and doesn't mind me yelling at them the entire time. Um, but you you need to get your driver's license. I, know. Well, I, so... I have my driver's license. Oh. I don't like driving. I like near city transportation. It helps me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very good there. <laughs> it's true. And if you're on Big Brother, just practice sleeping with your ears open all the time. Yes. Practice that. What else can you do for Big Brother? Um showmancing lying showmancing's good um yeah that's about it having a twist save you and win the season <laughs> oh my god don't get me started <laughs> yeah okay yeah. well moving on from that <laughs> if you ever had to be made over in drag what would your drag name be <laughs> well um, I don't, I guess they still call really pretty queens fish. So mm-hmm. um, at McDonald's, my favorite sandwich is filet fish So I would be fellatio fish I'm here for it. I love it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Now I'm going to ask you another question. This is going to be a harder question. If you had to pick one real girl from the entire franchise to make you over, who do you want to be beating oh your my face? God, well, Raven. Raven. Oh, okay. I think she could be, actually. We could do a drag family resemblance. I think that she, we she could paint me to resemble her. I think it's possible. Yeah. And I like she has like such fun style, and her looks are good. Like I would want to rock de- walk down the runway with with Raven. I'm here for it. I, I've said, and I. I'm 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 gonna have to t- message her and be like, can you do it? Actually, when I get to episode a thousand, I might be like, all right, here's the drag debut. I might ask Nikki Doll to do it for me. Oh, I mean, oh my god, Nikki Doll is really, really pretty too. And then technically, if if she were to do it, um, my drag sister would be her technical drag daughter, which is Pete Davidson. <laughs> Perfect. Because Pete Davidson was made over by Nikki Doll for the SNL sketch. Wait, when was this? Uh, Pre-COVID, 2020, actually. Okay. When RuPaul um, was the uh, host of SNL and... Because he's been on guest SNL Justin a Bieber. gazillion times, right? Yeah. Uh, no, this, this was the pre- uh, debut of RuPaul. It was great. Okay. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go back and watch that. that that's, episode. That's, wait, I didn't know Nikki Dahl was in like in the world for that long. I feel like she was so so new, but... It's crazy because long... I've known her before Drag Race. And oh, okay, okay. And um, when she just stood there and hosted things and looked pretty and she's still doing that but now says words i love it i love her so much i'd seen her um the, i can't remember the queen's name but she was um i think it was at um drag con maybe and she was going around calling um drag performers by their male names or their, their government names and nikki doll's reaction was so funny she was just like stephanie prince bitch? stephanie prince was doing that at drag con <laughs> um yeah that was a little controversial oh was i thought that she had permission okay um she did because they were her friends but i it was one of those situations where like i couldn't go and do that no 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 no. no. for her she thought it was funny um but stephanie is a a very sweet i interviewed her at DragCon um uk um and when we took photos of me then my assistant took a photo um she grabbed his butt so I mean, I would too, but but she's a horny drag queen. 
Ginger thinks it's going to be really fun making over the volunteers and hopes it will be a nice treat for them and not a terribly stressful experience. Ginger notes that Rodrigo must love drag for him to be sitting in this room. Has he ever done drag? Well, he has done a dissertation about two drag queen contestants. I'm really curious to know what this dissertation was. I hope it was an entire dissertation about how my diva of all divas, Davina DeCampo, had her crown stolen by the Vivian because I am still not and I will never be over that. <laughs> Do you think we can find this paper? It has to be out there. You know Rodrigo has been sleuthed and the internet has found him and everyone's been asking. Reddit, it's gotta be where are there. you, Reddit? <laughs> Come on, Reddit. Ginger knows there won't be anything going on around him um, and she can't go around him as Rodrigo knows his stuff. And that's how I would be as a podcast superfan makeover. Like I know too much. And again, my brows are staying on and you can play around and we can have the plot line if producers want it, but no, they're, they're staying on. I will glue them down myself. I think the, the plot line would be to tuck or not to tuck. I don't that think it's the, the, the eyebrows. Ginger will chat about the elephant in the room. And that is that big hairy elephant on his chin. Rodrigo has said he's been growing the beard for 10 years and Ginger's like, it will grow back, which is a fact. Well, and he also looks like he has hair that grows quickly. Like maybe right. he's had a beard for 10 years or like he's been. I, I agree. I think with like, semantics. I feel like it, the next day that that beard is going to be coming back. <laughs> but Ginger loves a beard of drag queen, but not matching the House of Johnson vibes. Time to discuss the name. What is Ginger in Portuguese? Hueva. Now, I didn't know that, but I'm only on an 80-day Duolingo streak on, in Portuguese, so I'm not quite there oh, yet. Oh, okay. Well, I can't speak any Portuguese. I can say very little. Um, someone's trying to teach me Portuguese, but like it was a little bit confusing because it's very similar to Spanish, which um, I can speak a little bit of, and then I speak a little bit more of French. And so Portuguese just very much confuses me. It um, is very difficult because I've gotten to the point where now I'm hearing words that are very similar sounding, but they're completely different. So yeah, it's a little hard. It's a little hard. Well, by Drag Race Brazil season 74, I'll be there. It'll be fine. That's the perfect way to go. Like I, I was watching um, Love Island Quebec <laughs> in French, you know, just to you know, practice my French. So Absolutely. I think uh, using Portuguese, Portugal's or Brazil's um, drag race is perfect for you to start practicing. Sure. Rodrigo will be the first drag child Ginger has ever had. She doesn't know if she's ready for the responsibility. <laughs> it's time to talk about Jamie, who is relaxed and ready to go. Didi has been studying Jamie. I would too. He's very handsome. I would study that face and pretend I was actually studying his face as to where to paint, but really being like, I don't make, what color does your eyes bring out when we get married? What color should the color scheme be? <laughs> That's how I would think. And what would our real drag baby look like? Exactly. <laughs> she thinks this will work very well despite having the masculine big arm, lovely hair, handsome fit. She's getting carried away. Um, please welcome to the stage. What a man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Time to turn the handsome man into a gorgeous woman. Now, Jamie is leading the discussion of names. He wants a Northern name mixed with delicious. Dee Dee wants a Northern lass with a siren from the South. And I still don't know my UK geography to know exactly where Dee Dee is from to know if it's North, South, East or West. Where's Dee Dee from again? I, the south somewhere in the south i i thought it was more london based but again i still can't hear the accents well I, I don't hear i haven't heard london yeah. so i don't think london 
Dee will show Jamie a look, and um, it's not what I was expecting for a makeover look. It's 80s realness. She's a boss bitch who is working nine to five with Dolly, Jane, and Lily. Very period piece. And Dee tells us she will be doing a strong family difference resemblance in a different way, which really, as you said earlier, never, ever turns out well. It's just, it's just, just. Just do what they ask you to do. Literally. Unless you're, okay, if you do what they ask you to do and then step out of the box, you still met the brief. But exactly. like, if you just like be like, you know what, they asked me to do this, but <laughs> I'm not going to. Doesn't Listen, work. it happened recently on Drag Race Germany. They were supposed to not only make over someone, but they had to reconstruct a dirndl um, and use that as their costume. And someone said, I don't want to do it. And they almost got eliminated before the finale. So... Just listen to the judges. It's not that hard. It's it's the only... So if you guys are all amazing, it's the only way that they can critique, right? Like, exactly. if they're like, but you know what? Like, it sucks. Like, they look great, but they these people all answered the question and you didn't answer the question. Exactly. We're going to check back in with Rodrigo, who is getting his sausages shoved into a heel. Drag pain is real. Um, <laughs> I am not someone who could do heels because I have wide feet. So finding the heels that would fit me would be hard. Are you a lady who loves the heels? I am. Now, things that you don't know about me is I I come from a performing arts background, but I was a dance major. I competed in ballet for most of my life. And then I stopped dancing for a long time. And when I moved to Vancouver, I was pretty bored there. And so I started, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start dancing again. So I started performing in a dance troupe called Stilettoettes, where we danced in stilettos and we trained in stilettos. So I could run a marathon in stilettos. Listen, get you on the Amazing Race and have a stiletto challenge. There it is. I mean, oh my God, maybe I should put that in like a vid- my video. There it <laughs> there, is. We're, there we I go. I could run in stilettos. Ginger has faith in Rodrigo. She knows she can get him to look great, but states the other side of the challenge is making them feel good and putting them in a position where they can carry the drag. She's not the best with his stride in the heels, let's yeah. just say. Not Bambi That's- on ice, but it, it's not great. <laughs> That's another thing, too, I think they should be putting on their uh, what you should practice before going on Drag Race is mm-hmm. yourself knowing how to walk in heels, for sure, and how to teach somebody that does not know how to walk in heels how to walk in heels. That part, that part. Let's chat with Kate and Zan, who will share that at Switchboard. They will chat with anyone about sexuality and sexual health coming out. Kate hasn't used the helpline, but says there have been moments where she wishes she had She says it's paramount that people know it exists. And I agree. So thank you, Drag Race, for sharing. Is there something like Switchboard in Canada? Um, I don't know specifically now, but I remember when I was younger, there was something called Kids Help Phone. And Mm -hmm. I still remember the number. I think, well, (laughs) unless it's wrong, it's like 1-800-668-6868 is Kids Help Phone. And so I would imagine that there would be something, um, you know, this was from like 30 years ago, that's now geared towards um, the LGBTQ2 plus community. Yeah, I think so. I have, I'm sure there. I'm honestly there probably was. I'm sure Candace Drag Race discussed it at some point in my brain. It's just like I don't remember. But. I don't. F- oh, there was Rainbow. Was that- they've they've done some really amazing um, makeovers. I will say Candace Drag Race is probably the best when it comes to picking uh, makeover selections um, because they are all always important stories. Right. Um, okay. In Canada, let's see. 
I don't know if there's one for LGBTQ. Because obviously we have in America Trevor Hotline, and that's probably our biggest one at the moment. Um, I don't see something specific. Oh, it's, yeah, it's Rainbow Services. So yeah, that's what I was kind of. They did talk about yeah. that once in Drag Race yes, Canada. Yes, 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 yes. So I don't know if it's a specific switchboard, um, and, but that's it's kind of like a center. Amazing. So Rainbow Services. All right, listeners, now you know. Has Zan done any drag or performance? Well, she reveals she has not. And now the conversation to any drag names. She says there is a lot you can do with her name. And Kate says it's appropriate that Zan is in the Xanadu situation. As she knows, there is a slight Olivia Newton-John connection to the outfit she has planned. Um, now, I really thought we were going to have like roller skates and we were actually going to have a Xanadu moment. No, no. Um, but first... Zan says that the 70s are her dream era. Do you have a dream era? Um, well, I love dressing up, so I love all eras. I like 70s is pretty good. I love a fro. Um, I also really like the 1940s. Like I love Art Deco uh-huh. and mm-hmm. like I love like the opulence and the gaudiness of that era. So I'd say maybe the 40s. The 70s are pretty good though. The hair. It's all about the hair. Yeah, I was gonna say 30s, 40s, maybe 20s. I mean, I know the flapper, the, the flapper is whole... pretty cool. It's been overdone, but I think 40s is like really, really cool. Art so decos. like it's so polished and mm-hmm. rich and glamour. Stunning. We're gonna watch Didi on her knees in front of Jamie to put him in a corset. Come on, <laughs> friends, drag his pain. We're gonna see now how Tamara is getting on with her new gal pal, Gemma. Gemma will admire Tamara's wardrobe, where the magic happens. Tamara says, you look at her and think absolute slag, and they're very confident in this corner. Gemma will reveal that she has not worn a stiletto in a long time, as she's more of a wedge girl. But Tamara is ready to teach her gorgeous little angel. All right, wedge to stiletto, that's a jump. <laughs> um, you would think, though, that because she's so small and she's wearing um, heels mm-hmm. often, because, like, yeah. I don't I don't have that many wedges. I love a stiletto. Yeah, so. they're so fun. Kate's going to bring Zan over to her magic station where she wants to get across the concept of a chosen family, which is important to Zan. But that's not what the judges want. They did not say chosen family. They said family resemblance, but... Kate will pull out two jackets as they are ready to be generic musical teen girl gang for legal reasons. But here on the pod, we know Greece is the word. They're going to be pink ladies. Do you have a favorite pink lady? Favorite? I mean, they're all great. I was, Rizzo? Rizzo's probably, is Rizzo. A, yeah, yeah, she's, 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 a, she's the only one, right? Like We got Rizzo, Frenchie. Um, no, Rizzo. Yeah, Rizzo's probably the best. I agree. We're going to check in with Michael, who can't wait to dive in with Peter. He says to Michael that he feels that she got the short straw as the older guy is, who has never done heels or drag before him. But he shares that he always tried to suppress it and accentuate the masculinity. He says he's a rubbish gay, but believe me, I, I understand. There are times that I, in certain situations, because you don't know the environment, you use it as a shield of protection. You, you make sure people don't know who you are. But Michael will tell him he's in fantastic hands and jokes that it's nice to have someone in her age bracket. She knows it's a massive challenge as he is 65 and has never walked in heels, but she is ready to bring it out of him. And yeah, once we had this beginning of this conversation, you knew that the plot line was going to be heart wrenching with Peter the entire time. 
yeah, it was really like just hearing him speak and just knowing how that time must have been really hard to, to be who he was. And um, the fact that he's been able to move through many different decades and eras and of how people look at people in his community. Um, it must be, there must have been a sense of pride, literally, of him being able to sit there and know that he's being respected, honored, uh, showcase like all the above. And so it was it was a pretty magical moment. And he probably was felt really amazing to be a part of it. I hope he had like a huge viewing party with all of his close. Absolutely. Friends. He must have invited everybody. I right? would. I think it was amazing. And he's ready for a name. And Michael has thought of a name. Michael Morulli presents Geezer Manuli, which of course is a reference to Liza Minnelli and Lisa Manuli. Insert Lisa Liza with a Z reference here. Could it get any gayer? No. <laughs> no. Michael can tell that Peter has lived a life and will make him feel amazing. Now we're going to watch more of her friends strut like they mean it. And Zan can do. Uh, sh she means business. I was impressed with her little walk. Yes, get it, Zan. Get it. We're going to see Peter with the hair flip and you know that he was feeling the fantasy and you know he has dreamed of <laughs> wearing a wig. He probably is that homosexual who puts the towel in his hair and just flips it around. Of course. I mean, I, I've never, I've done that, but I don't know it from his perspective, but I, <laughs> I, I see it. I see it. Peter wants to take it home and Michael's like, no, not at this price. That's probably a $200 wig. You're not taking it. It's mine. <laughs> Ring, ring, calling on the hotline. Rue is back and ready to chat. First up, we will have Ginger and Rodrigo. And Ginger hasn't put that many people in drag, but states that her drag face is quite graphic, so she is hoping it will transfer quite well. Spoiler, it will. Rue will ask when the last time Rodrigo shaved his beard, and he says a year ago, which is not 10 years ago, which he said earlier. So get your story straight, sir. Maybe in translation, lost in translation. There we go. Let's go. We'll give him a little slack there. But what's underneath? Baby face and hopefully a chin. Ginger is thinking 1960s Carnaby Street. And I was like, oh my God, I've actually been there when I went last year. I've never been. Tell it's me so more. It's so fun. It's, there's a lot of shops that I couldn't go to because I don't have a wallet that could afford those kinds of shops, if you know what I mean. I don't have a bank account that can afford pretty things. I want it though, but it's really soon. cool because they have soon they have all this like um, decor that's up all year. It's really really pretty. But at the time, it was the scene for Maude, and that's why she's going into the 1960s for her theme. She's got a dress and a bodysuit version with big graphics, uh, very much in line with who Ginger is. Now, Rue will ask if it is A-line, so Rodrigo went out to Tuck, but Ginger's like, no snakes on the plane. Tucking will happen. <laughs> Ginger shares that she tucks as she doesn't feel like she's in drag until it happens, and Rue says at the end of the day, you still have to live with yourself, which, again, I have a lot of drag friends who tuck regularly. And have you ever tried it? I have not. Not voluntarily, no. Um, <laughs> okay, involuntarily. <laughs> Things shift sometimes. You know, it just happens. But no, I have, I have a lot of friends who say um, anytime they can wear a dress so they don't have to talk, they're going to take advantage of it just because it's just, it's painful. It's painful. I'm, I'm worried that it might not look the same after. <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of the problem too, uh, which is why they've in invented tucking panties so you can just smush and hope it all goes away. <laughs> Next up is Kate and Zan. And Rue reminds Kate that she finally won 
Will it be a double win? Well, Kate says, absolutely, Azan is gorgeous already, and she has the face to make the family resemblance, though she will have to take away some of her gorgeousness to be a butch. I enjoy Kate because she is able to be self-deprecating in a way that is funny. I, I really, really like Kate. Like, I just, I, okay, I, I love her look that she, when she won last week, like, I thought it was so smart. Like, I love that she grayed out her face. Like, I'm just like, I think that she could grow into an even better, like, I think she needs to know how to do a little more glamour. Um, but I think she was working on it. She was getting better at it. Um, I think it's hilarious that Michelle um, Visage is always saying, like, you know, your reveal is just something meh. <laughs> Which is true, but like if she leaned into that even more, like that also is quite funny. There, there are definitely contestants on Drag Race who go knowing that they're not going to win, but for them to win, it's to become a fan favorite and get that initial callback for an All Stars. That's what Kate did. She knows she's getting a phone call. Hundred percent. Not and just what because, I would hope yeah, is that ahead. she she was, was able to elevate as well as play into that uh, mundane also. And even if she doesn't elevate that well, she's got the confessionals that she she was the narrator of the season. She is mm-hmm. so good at witty comments. She's so funny. She's so funny. Zan will share that she got involved in the helpline by sharing she wanted to do something that was directly serving the community, as she is someone who had a difficult childhood. Her parents didn't accept her sexuality. She was homeless at 17 and legally emancipated from them. She shares without her chosen family, she wouldn't have survived. To do this for a cause she cares so much about is incredibly important to her personally. And Rue is like, thank you. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Kate's leaving this episode, but enjoy the time you're here. Um, now, Zan, she's she wasn't from the UK, right? I, I feel like and I was gonna, that was my next that. question for you. I think it was American because I didn't hear any um, uh, boots or stories. So I don't think she was Canadian. I'm giving him a look right now. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's um, American. I, 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 she, she sounded more American to me. We'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. Now, has Kate put people in drag before? She has dabbled. Uh, how will she win the judges over? They're going to be in a generic delinquent teen gang and they're about to rule the school. Now they're still working and trying to find a name. And Rue says, once you get into the drag, the name will appear. It will become so obvious who you are and what you feel. Which is not what's going to happen, but they're going to try it. Next up, Dee, Dee and Jamie. What a pair. Dee, Dee thinks she has a good canvas and says she will do a full head-to-toe transformation. And most of the dresses she has made are going to be there on the stage. Jamie tells Rue that he has not done drag before, and Rue says it's all about the attitude. Just let him carry it through. What about tucking? If he needs a hand, just call me. I'm, I'm willing to help. Is it going to be a meaty tuck? And Jamie's like, yeah, 100% all in, and Dee Dee's shaking her head as Rue has to explain, no, 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 no. A meaty tuck is where it's not tucked very well. <laughs> or as Rue explains, oh my goodness, there's a lot of enchilada down there. Thanks, Rue. Thanks, Rue. <laughs> nice visual. Yeah, I mean, come on. We have to remember, most of the time we see RuPaul in dresses. I don't think Rue tucks anymore. Oh, really? I don't think so. <laughs> Listen, there's still the rumors that once they uh, sit behind that desk, she's in... Sweatpants. Sweatpants. <laughs> so, I, listen, I mean, I, I would, would be too. knowing the the last four years of like many Zoom calls. I I believe for hundred percent that she is not wearing a gown underneath the. Under I the fully table. agree too. 
Didi is reminded she has not won a maxi challenge, but thinks this is right up her alley and thinks this is her week. Didi Lusional is back in the house. Welcome back, girl. Let us chat with Michael and Peter, where Michael is asked if he has recovered from being in the bottom. She is back and recharged, ready to go, and says this is the universal lining. As much as she wants this to be Peter's moment, she has to make her way back to the top where she belongs. Peter wants to get out of this challenge, drag enabling him a little bit and releasing the inner him that he suppressed for 65 years. He looks good for 65. Looks great. Yeah, absolutely. Rue says it will be as that is going to be a glorious and wondrous thing about drag. It gives you the permission to just go for it. Peter brags to Rue that he tried the wig on, did a hair flick, which came out of nowhere. And Rue says it came from love and share for all those years. I mean, <laughs> share always does it. Mm-hmm. The name linked to Liza Minnelli, and he says he is a huge fan of Liza. He bought the cassette of Liza with a Z. Now, kids listening to this podcast, a cassette is that thing that Peter Quill has in Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, that small rectangular thing that plays music, and that's not to be confused with that larger rectangular thing that plays movies. That's a VHS. (laughs) And for all you Canadians, it's Liza with a Z. (laughs) That's true. That is true. Why is America, why do we do things so differently? from everybody else <laughs> i don't know they're so in bad. the uk they would say zed as well i'm sure it's true yeah I, I believe so peter learned to lip sync because of liza so he will be geezer manuli michael says the world needs to hear peter's story and embrace this new fabulous diva that lives inside and you could tell that this was a winner at it popping out despite the results which we'll get to but you know the show loves a good good heartwarming story you mean with with geezer like yeah. um well and they love saying michael maruli like they, they just sure love do. saying that and like I, I i can see where you're going here with like you know angling him in this direction so now for tamara and Gemma, why is fate linked them a god was listening to miss tamara thomas and miss Gemma walked through the door and i feel like Gemma is such a british name it's well, I mean, you got Gemma Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, Gemma on Love Island. I don't know if you watch it. There's at least one Gemma on usually most Love Island seasons. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's another presenter, host, whatever named Gemma. Probably. <clears throat> it's a pretty, pretty name. I like the name. I don't know any Gemmas in North America, though. Yeah. Let's get part, to part one of Wiggate. Ruth will say that Gemma is almost engulfed by the wig. Ruth thinks it looks very heavy. And then Gemma's like, I'm 4'11". That wig's probably 4'11", too. (laughs) Gives her some height. Ruth says that the wig is heavier than most wigs that she would wear. But I bet that Ruth has like a magical wig collection that's made of like angel wings and fairy dust and weighs like nothing because it's Ruth fucking Paul. Yeah, it's probably costs like $10,000 for a wig. So it's made of nothing. Tamara's freaking out as Rue tells Gemma that after a while, wigs become a death wish. And it's not even a double sack wig. That is like a nicely quaffed single stack wig she's got on. So I don't know why Rue thinks it's so heavy. It looks heavy though. So maybe there's yeah. like a lot of like glue or something. There to might hold be a lot of structure shape. to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rue will question if this is the right choice, but Tamara will have to try the wig on and see how they're both feeling. Now it's time for a drag name. Gemma says it's obviously very tiny, but big personality. So it's Giant G and Tamara T. And I love alliteration. So I was here for this name. I, t- I too like alliteration. So I was down. Rue suggests they write a dance single and Tamara is ready to take it over. I can't wait to hear their dance single. 
Now we learned that Gemma mainly does live chats with the high upline where people can message in. She gets a lot of younger people at as much of the time they do not want to call or have people in the house hear them. She says to know that you can message in and know there is an LGBTQ plus person in there talking to them is great. And Tamara notes that even in 2023, people are still so scared and ashamed of being who they are and it's hard out there. And I, I guess it's maybe my age that I've always known, like in hotlines, it's always a phone call. But the fact that it's now moves into a text support also is so amazing. I think it's it's definitely the sign of the times. Um, you know, you can get like chat support on any website for the most part. And sometimes it's not a real person. It's just like some automated response. Mm-hmm. But knowing that you can text this essentially hotline and, and be responded with somebody from from the service is it's great it's so accessible Absolutely. even if it's just like for a quick help you know what i mean like you have that connection and they can they can find you you know and so yeah it's, it's, that's it's great with rue out of the house it's time for an anatomy lesson with professor johnson who will talk to rodrigo about his johnson rodrigo is surprised by the detail involved in the art of drag like who they are, meaning the balls are going up inside your inside of the body. Um, but it was the faces for me. Um, it is a sensation. And I say commitment <laughs> was there. Now, Professor Thomas will join in and say that the technique is to duck and uh, so they will pop in, you know, a nice squat, a demi plie on that bitch. Uh, what did you think of this instruction from our professors here? I mean, it's just hard for me to imagine. <laughs> so I'm like, I, I, if it works, it works. Like, I, I, who am I to judge? Uh, I, I can't, I can't tell if it would be successful. But I, I have to believe that they're better experts than I. Even though Rue had told them, drag comes on, name comes out. We're entering Professor Butch's naming ceremony, and here are the names and some options we have so far: Family Blunt. Fema Thompson, Fema Collins, Femi Lovato, Feminem. Free drag names, friends, because none of those are going to be taken. As Zan will figure out a name that goes with Kate Butch, it's Femily Bronte. And I was like, oh, this was a fucking bit. Kate had this name ready to go for a very long time, or they were just playing to the camera. Yeah, I, she probably had a bunch of names that she's like, let me just get these out there because they're... Some of them are pretty witty. And, and for, for those who are not cultured, here's the connection. Kate Butch to Kate Bush to Wuthering Heights to Emily Bronte to Family Bronte. There's the drag connection. We love it. We're going to see Peter in his drag. And I was like, this is the greatest show. That was Ringleader Realness. Wait, wait, sorry, Ringleader Realness? Yeah, the, the look that Peter was wearing. Michael and Peter had. Like, oh, the, oh, my God. Oh, like, my God. Circus? I didn't think it was, I don't know what I thought it was, but I just was like, I was obsessed with it. Like, cause I would think if it was a ringleader, it would be, I would see, do they have a whip or something? Sometimes, yeah. Well, they didn't have a whip though, did they? They didn't, I don't think so. so. I think maybe. the whip would have maybe, maybe go in that direction. I don't know, I felt like they were like goddesses from like the depths of the earth or something. That Ooh, was I like, go with that, I'm like here for that. Right, like I don't know, their look looked so good. Their family resemblance was amazing. I was, I was, I thought I was really kind of sh- like torn up because I thought that he looked amazing. Peter, now Didi will be like, oh, so you both have the same ones, Michael, who is like, uh, they're slightly different. Didi, I felt like was trying to get into Michael's head 
She See? likes playing mind games and she's done it all season long, especially earlier on to Alexis. Exactly. She like in saying like Kara was um deserved to stay to Michael. Like she mm-hmm. I think that she it kind of goes for the people that she, she thinks are doing well. Because there's she, no way that you could think that this isn't a good idea. Oh, exactly, cuz she's going to claim that her outfits are, are not identical cuz she didn't want to play it safe. No, it's cuz you didn't have a smart idea before you got there. <laughs> Now back in the pain game, it's Rodrigo in a corset. Um, if anyone tried to put me in a corset, I think my organs would pop out of every hole that I have. I don't think I could actually wear a corset. Uh, no, it like basically just like, like exactly it goes, <clears throat> everything pops right up. I don't know. I, I feel like I feel like I would look snatched in a corset though. I'm I'm, I'm curious yes. to know. All I know is I'm not wearing an exposed corset. When I get on the show as a makeover partner, make sure the corset's underneath the costume. It's not going to be exposed. I'm not going to be one of those basic bitches. <laughs> Michael will be giving some walking instructions with some old-timey music. And Michael will say, couldn't catch a big in a passage. That sounded really British to me. I don't know what that meant. Packs of pigs in a package? Couldn't catch a pig in a passage. About Michael, about Peter Falk. Couldn't catch a pig. Okay. Well, I I don't know if it's a specific term. I understand what it means now now that I'm hearing it Um, again. So I think it's like, you know, when like pigs are like in in like a farm and they have to go Mm -hmm. through those like alleyways. And so it's quite narrow. And so I think he's saying that like, he's just like all over the place that he actually could, the the pig would be able to get by him. He doesn't have any, I don't know. Thank you for that. I don't know. I'm just thinking what it would make sense. But I, 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 well, I have no, no. Professor, professor Maruli is taking Peter back to drag you. Did you watch Drag You? Remember that television program? I think I watched like one episode. It was so bad. I, honestly, though, if they brought it back, I think they could revamp it and it would be a good show because the show's evolved. Well, and there's more things to educate. Exactly. We're going to continue on to part two of Wiggate. Gemma is a petite lady, but Tamara is determined to get that. W- big on her head and we see it on her head and it looked like it was wobbling about um this just confirmed that the ego matches the head size tamara is a big head <laughs> um how tall do you think tamara is or just because um Gemma's super tiny she looks that's like what i'm not sure I, th- I think you're right in the fact that i think tamara's probably like five seven five eight maybe. oh that's it okay maybe, she looks maybe. like she's like six six no, no, she's definitely not, one she's of the not tinier success, ones. But... I, I gotta say, uh, meeting drag queens out in the wild in person at DragCon, I always think that I'm like super short and I'm 5'9". I'm like taller than a lot of the queens I've met. Really? I'm like, well, listen, uh, the fact that I am the same height as Jam Jam and taller than Carson makes me think I have hope to get on Survivor because I would have been taller than that entire cast almost um you wouldn't have been taller than franny franny's pretty yeah. tall yeah franny and I, franny's like maybe an inch or two taller than me i think yeah she's probably like five, i think yeah a little, no i don't i don't think she's two inches taller than you but i think she's actually maybe she's about your height yeah but it, it was the carson one i was like i knew you were a cute little pocket twink but um <laughs> much tinier than i thought all right, Gemma um, yeah, says the wig is heavy, but that won't stop them. Tamara says super glue the wig to the forehead. Um, and just the way that Gemma was walking, holding on to that dear thing for dear life. I, I think she was afraid that if it went backwards, she was going with it. 
It is birthing day. The queens bring in their partners as they are about to execute their makeovers on their partners. Ginger is feeling nervous, as you can tell what someone looks like in drag only when it happens. Dee Dee is excited to block Jimmy's eyebrows, not because she hasn't done it once in a while, but because she didn't have to remove them from his pretty little face. Meanwhile, Gemma exactly, is getting shoved into her wig cap. That was a lot of tape that Tamara had to put on her head to get that wig cap to stay down with all her hair. I mean, that probably would be the hardest thing. And we saw the mishap of like, like wigs can't fall off. Like, you know, this it's thing true. just can't. And it's like, true. I get it. Like, I, that would be my biggest fear if I were ever on Drag Race is like not because like I love a good hair whip and like hairography. <clears throat> Definitely love that. And so that wig is staying on. I don't know how. Uh Oh, her name just slipped my head, my mind. What's the girl that all with the queen that always like does a wig reveal? Uh, Roxy Andrews. Yes, Roxy Andrews. Like, I don't know how she could do like the first round before the wig reveal because like I'd be scared that that wig would fall off. Right. So yeah, I would be taping and taping and taping and taping and taping. The time has come to shave for your life. Rodrigo (laughs) is doing that dry shave thing that I hate. But he looked good. I, I'm proud of him. He actually looked pretty cute without He's cute. He's cute. He's, he said he was going to have a baby face, and he does. He did. Michael will block Peter's brows as he tells him that he's inspired by what he was saying about his generation and having to hide who he was. Peter says that things are different now as the only role models he grew up with on television were made jokes of. One program that was important was a show called The Naked Civil, Civil Servant, which was based on the Quentin Crisp book. He was an unapologetic gay man and says that he was watching in his front room with his family where his father said, what a brave man. He was 15 or 16, and that stayed with him as he hoped when he came out, his dad wouldn't be quite as ashamed of him. He told both of his parents when he was 19. He said he didn't understand why he didn't find girls attractive. He had a good cry. They knelt down beside him and said he was their son. They didn't understand it, so they called a doctor who told him to put his arms out as he claimed homosexuals wrist flopped down when they put their arms out this was 1972 the doctor told him he wasn't a homosexual so his mom said your dad would be pleased peter's gonna laugh about it but that was a heart-wrenching story just that part and it it just i mean it just it shows again how far we've come you know uh like almost 50 years ago or i guess around 50 yeah. years ago like it's just it's wild that that's the way that people thought and what people believed and what you'd he'd have to go through and nobody be able to give him any sort of enlightenment and understanding as to what he was feeling what he was going through and even the doctor didn't really know like it's yeah that must have been a very challenging and time. it's interesting to hear him discuss that because for me growing up it was always the stereotype of oh if you're got a floppy wrist you're gay if it really did come from like the thinkings and teachings of the medical field, that's kind of sad and a little scary. But like, I I almost think it's wild that that could even be like, did they study that in school? Right. Right. It's, it's, it's insane to think about. And his story is not going to get any better, but Michael says to think that who you are could be considered mentally wrong is an illness is a is vile to her. And Peter said that his parents thought that it was right, but the psychiatrist was wrong. He was gay. They supported him, but years later, he found the courage to actually go to a gay bar in the local city, met his first boyfriend. And Michael says, despite being generations apart, there was no representation in the media of queer people while they were feeling isolated and terrified. So she relates to him. 
The conversation shifts to the AIDS crisis in the 80s, where Peter says it felt like coming out of the closet twice. They built up confidence and it was knocked back. He notes that people weren't having sex or clubbing as they were protecting themselves. His first boyfriend, who I'm assuming is the one he met at the gay bar, subsequently died in his and as his second boyfriend. So he joined the helpline and the calls were based on the panic of AIDS. Now, we've had a lot of media representation of the AIDS crisis from an American perspective, but very few from a British perspective. So I do want to urge listeners, if you have not watched the show, It's a Sin, go do it. It's so beautiful. Incredible cast, helmed by the brilliant Russell T. Davies. Um, Very important show, but it talks about the AIDS crisis in England during that time. Have you seen the show before? I have not seen the show before. I but believe I it's on Max, I think. Um, it should still be there. But um, Ollie Alexander from Years and Years is one of the leads. Um, really, really strong representation. But Peter will discuss, and it's very much like the show, there were wards of gay men in the hospitals just dying. So he urged people to use condoms, and he says it saved his life. The safe sex message was drilled in all the calls that they took on the switchboard. So Michael is thrilled Peter is there and says things he survived through are heartwarming. Now, when Peter tells Michael that he will look back at this as one of the best days of his life, the both times I watched it, I kind of lost it. It was really just one of those simple phrases that proves that why we watch Drag Race and why this show is still one of the most important television shows. This show is helping LGBTQ plus people around the globe. 100%. Yeah, I, I just it, it's so beautiful to see this person just having a fun time playing in wigs and makeup and just telling his story to a generation that doesn't know about that history. Well, and the fact that, you know, this is the best day of his life, like, that's really, really, really moving. And like, knowing that it's a silly little TV show is going to create a moment. That's the best day in somebody who has lived a long life or longer than many of us is so far. And so, yeah, it's pretty special that, you know, he's having this experience and this opportunity to share his story and to, to experience, you know, the, everything that he's going through on the show. So. And and we alluded to yeah, we alluded to it earlier about like the real world and the conversations they would have on that one. Obviously, real world San Francisco. You had Pedro Zamora with the um, with his AIDS struggle and the wedding and the discussion of AIDS, and it's it's evolved. The discussion has changed as there is more prevention and opportunities to make it a life saving uh, drug and disease and everything. So I really think it's so amazing to see the evolution not of just reality TV but the evolution of these topics through media. Well, and now like even for my education, so I'm like going to, I'm going to see that TV show and watch this other show. And like, you know, there's more education that I'm going to go just because I'm interested in to know what's compelled these people that were watching on Drag Race. So yeah, definitely. I've been enlightened a little bit and I will be even further. We're going to shift back over to Dee Dee, who is feeling great. She hasn't painted anyone in a while. So that's her only concern. Now, we learned that Gemma has been to many drag shows since meeting her girlfriend, who is intertwined in the queer community. We love a girlfriend. She says they have found their place in queer spaces where they can represent Black queer women. And for me, I know, like, maybe it was right. She was eliminated for her 
time. But the fact that she's having this conversation and she can't have that conversation with Caramel being there kind of gutted me. Yeah, I think that it was a little bit of a, not that, you know, there's any shifting or favoritism or anything like that, but they knew who they had on the roster. Right. For the, and I'm sure all the people on the switchboard were extensively interviewed and had conversations about what they might be bringing to the show and having what they represent and why they want to be there. And so with Caramel being a trans woman, I think that she would have really appreciate having just being able to speak to her, connect, hear her story, like exactly. have some just have that opportunity. So it was, it was it was unfortunate that there was nobody that got direct feeling seen or represented by Gemma in this moment. But. Absolutely. Finishing touches are coming on. Jamie is beat to death. Oh, my God. That is not the same human that walked in that workroom. That face was wild. But the heroes of the community are about to become beauties. The pressure is on. We're going to go see the final result as we bring it to the runway where Rue is giving us this stunning dress in yellow and blue and beige. I was very impressed. That hair was great. Good. Our panel includes Michelle Visage, Graham Norton, an extra special guest judge, and previous Drag Race All Winners guest judge, Daphne Guinness. She looks like a supervillain. <laughs> she looks great. <laughs> I love that so much. And I love that she just rocks that white and black hair all the time. I love that. Well, she obviously she's into fashion and social. Like she, like she looks like she has fun in her creativity. Now, do you think that she does it all herself? Or does she have a team that gets her team? Okay. Oh, there's a team. Absolutely. Team. I want a team. Uh, so do I. Oh my god, I, I need a team. a team desperately. Um, yeah, no one looks that good and is super famous and does it themselves anymore. <laughs> no. Category is drag family resemblance in honor of the runway. We are going to play on the line or busy signal because of the switch line. I know it's a stretch, but this is our version of toot and boot. Are you ready? <clears throat> Dee Delicious and BBlicious. They're giving me absolutely fabulous, but more like good office friends. I like the garments. They do live in the same universe. I love the color story, the material. I personally don't love the shoulders on BB because it's making her look very top heavy. Now, in the game of drag family resemblance, so much of the challenge is about the makeup, and that's important. Unfortunately, that is not Dee Dee's face on BB. The shapes were off. The eyes were too black. There is way too much lip liner. I feel like if anyone made over BBlicious, it probably was Rosé. That looked like Rosé's face. Who's Rosé? From season 13. Oh, I can't picture her right she now. She was in... She's the one who got made over by Tina Burner and had the face crack in the mirror. Oh, I can I can see Tina. The Scottish one. Oh my god, I have to look Top her four. Up. You'll 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 okay. remember who she is. Sorry. <laughs> Can't what did remember. You think about, what did you think about BB and Didi? Well, okay, like I liked like the like the velour or velvet. Like I, I like the looks of these two outfits. Absolutely. But like, why just not make each other look as identical as possible. Like, I think that the, it didn't even need to have this exact same dress. Like the, the, their outfits were fine. It literally <clears throat> give them the same wig or the, the sim, very similar makeup or use the same colors even. Like, I don't know why she didn't try harder just to make them look a little bit more similar. If you couldn't paint the same, give the same hair and, and, and accessories. Like people will get confused, you know? <clears throat> Had a friend, she and her, her a good friend of hers both got bangs and people thought they were twins because they had bangs they don't look alike <laughs> at all so i wish that they just funny. like 
made the hair the same and then she could probably get away with not having the paint be the same so i was just kind of like they look okay but yeah didn't fit the brief Michelle says BB looked like she was having a very good time as she walked confidently. She says Dee Dee painted her within an inch of her life. She says it's very New Jersey with a touch of older Joan Collins. She says what was missing was the actual family resemblance, but says the transformation is unbelievable. Graham says it's more like family-friendly resemblance as they look like two women going to a wedding where the police will be called. And Daphne says it looks very fun, kind of 80s and dynasty. She says it's different difficult to find a fault now rue says they look like a couple of mob wives rue asks Dee Dee what she has done here and she says the inspirations was bang on joan collins and the vibe was they were crashing on a work office party what was bb thinking when she saw herself in the mirror oh my god i look amazing she says it was so fun it really has brought something out of her and rue says that she sees Dee, Dee selfishly took the smaller breastplate she nearly cried when it happened, and she calls the, her the Mother Teresa of breastplates. <laughs> because it didn't fit the brief, I sadly have to go busy signal. <laughs> Agreed. Audience, 37% on the line, 63% busy signal. Next up is Kate Butch and Femily Bronte. I think she tried really hard here, and I think she tried to hide the lack of resemblance with the sunglasses. Like, if you go the blue eyeshadow, give the blue eyeshadow to your partner. It's not to say that they pick up someone in clothes outfits. I think the outfits in time period, the reference are there, good school Judy's as opposed to relatives. I know that chosen family was their goal, but you have to work with the audience and your audience is the judges. We know what Rue and Michelle want. Overall, for me, it also felt a little too costumey and a bit boring. Yeah, like I feel like this would be something that they could easily make themselves look the same, right? Like, I don't know, mm -hmm. a pair of jeans or the, the skirt, like just just do the same if you're not gonna they're not gonna actually look the same and i think also having the discrepancy with like the height i think that also then them looking identical was more even more so important because it looks like like even in this photo uh, of them on the on the main stage it looks like a mother and like a daughter dressed up you know like it just doesn't i think if they actually were looking yeah. identical i think that they would be like a little bit more resembling um but yeah it's it's a cute costume, but it's definitely, I was, it was, it's a busy signal. Bah, bah, bah. Yeah. Michelle says her makeup looks really good. And she says that she is progressing beautifully with it and says that family could have gone really wrong and she ended up all right. She says they look like they do belong together. Does she see a family resemblance though? No. Graham says he really enjoyed this and likes the detailing as it used the skirt material to cuff the jeans. Daphne says she thinks they both look great but doesn't see the family resemblance. She thinks the makeup is mesmerizing. Kate will mouth to Michelle mesmerizing, to which Michelle whispers she's lying. Bruce asks Zan what emerged when she got into drag and she says it brought out the performer in her. She will suck up to Rue about that fucking interceptor and how it always touched her. She knew what she was holding back was inside of her and that the gift is beyond really what she can express i too will give this a busy signal and the audience agrees with us 40 percent on the line 60 percent busy signal well why couldn't she just give her the same Next wig up, michael maruli yeah. The I know, right? Wig. Just like I know, I know. what? Like I think they, if it would have been more successful, if they used the black wig that that Kate's wearing. Um, then like they could have the the outfit still be the same, a little bit mismatched, but like their makeup does look like it's pretty close. So I think that 
it got all lost in the sunglasses and like the orange wig that fam is, um, uh, family is wearing. And yeah, it just, they just don't look enough alike. Fail. Michael Maruli, Giza Manuli, and I have a feeling we might disagree. Oh. I cannot fathom what ha- happened here with the judges was like, yes, you win. I <gasps> know the garments are the same and they pair well, but you can tell that geezers did not fit and was made for someone who had a slender stature. She tried to get it closed and it did not work. Good for you, though, working those stripper heels. That takes a lot of effort to begin with. The makeup. I know it is difficult to apply drag makeup on a face of a certain age, but I didn't necessarily see the same shapes here. For me, it didn't match. I was a little let down. And I what? Tell you loved it. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Oh my, I, like, how could you not like that color red of hair? Like, the red wig itself, it sold it for me. I think it's the red, like... For me, the head, both of their heads, I thought were amazing, and I I love a thigh high boot. So the fact that Peter's wearing a thigh high boot, like I am in it. No, I I love this look. I think that they look like, they look like they're related. I don't whatever like the bodysuit, whatever. I I did wasn't even looking at that. It was all about the head and the thighs or like the legs. So. I don't know. I loved it. I loved it so good, and I felt so proud for Peter and. I don't know, he just looks so beautiful. Michelle says Michael pared down her makeup all the way and says she's never looked better. She says she everything that they had in their body to walk in those slut boots and it was like she was loving it. Graham says he loved the partnership and says it was like daughter and mother or more like best friends. He says it was scrumptious and expensive and the hair color is gorgeous. Daphne says the fashion is Mugler meets Jean-Paul Gaultier, and she says it's almost surreal how identical they look. Maybe I need new glasses. Rue says this is whoa mama. She says it's so gorgeous what she's done, and Rue says she has never looked more beautiful, and what she has done with her partner is really amazing. Geezer says when she walked the runway, what went through her mind is when does the blood go back down to the privates? (laughs) Rue says never say goodbye but geezer says he feels amazing and he's in his mid-60s so he never allowed himself to welcome the feminine side of him and michael has allowed drag to relax him a bit what quiet kind of queen is she well geezer says kind basically growing up in the 80s he went through the aids pandemic and lost two partners they did the hand on heart to connect to his absent friends Michael tells her that to give him that little time to just be who you want to be is something that she'll treasure forever and she says the way he embraced it calling out his desire for the thigh highs I'm going to go. Busy signal. You're rude. That's so rude. Come for him. Come, Come for, for me. Him. Come for me. <laughs> You're going you, on the you line. You think that this this look, this duo, is is amongst the other busy signals that we've given so far this episode? I think so. What? I know. I'm crazy. I'm. I I'm, think I'm, so. I'm wild. But the audience, they're going to agree with you. 78% I, I like, percent on the line. Outfit. 22% busy signal. We'll, we'll get to my favorite. Uh, but yeah, the audience very much agrees with you on this one. Hmm. Tiny T, Giant G, Wig Gate Part 3. Okay, I'm just going to say it. Clock the lace. Tamara, cut down that wig line more <laughs> um, or blend it better. You could see that lace from Mars. Um, I get that she wanted to give her extra lace so it did not fall over, but it was not the cleanest on her head. 
That being said, the garment, they both look snatched. It's hard to do drag makeup on someone who is already as stunning and beautiful as Giant G because she has a natural, beautiful face. And even with the elements of Tomorrow's already soft mug, it didn't feel much different to what you would expect Giant G to put on her own face. That being said, they were the safe team of the week. There was nothing wrong. There was nothing good. They were just right in the middle. Yeah, I... I, I... Like both of their outfits, they do have obviously the resemblance in their face. I was kind of wishing that their outfits were identical or like of the same material and maybe mm-hmm. different shapes. Um, just like I know that they're both tweed and very similar, and they're but I just wish that they were both in the same material if they wanted to kind of change it up a little bit. But it was, it was decent, definitely safe, yeah. Michelle says it's so cute and can tell how much fun she was having. She will praise tomorrow for the pumped up hair. She thinks there is a drag family resemblance, so she enjoyed it. Graham says it could have been too pretty pretty and a bit simple or even bland, but says it was saved by the hair and the chemistry. He says well done on whatever is holding the hair up. (laughs) Daphne says she was a friend of Karl Lagerfeld and says if he were still alive, he would be loving the whole look. She says it's insanely sweet and beautiful and so chic. Rue says she was sort of pushing her away from this hair because it was so heavy, but is actually glad she went with her gut because it's magnificent. How heavy is the hair? Giant G says she has lost all sensation. What emerged (laughs) once she got out in full drag? She says she feels amazing and empowered as a black queen on stage representing black queer women. Is it worth the pain? For sure. And it was so pretty to see. I will give them on the line. Ooh, give them on the line, huh? <laughs> no, they're I'm definitely they're on the line for sure. I'm, they're not, they don't get a busy signal. They look great, and I like the audience. Sixty-two percent on the line, thirty-eight percent busy signal, and finally Ginger Johnson and Hueva Johnson. The amount of joy that this presentation brought, I loved it. The smiles, I think the look was incredible. They worked singularly and as a duet. The hair, I think, was brilliant. This was Ginger's face on Huevas. The presentation was camp and fun and cohesive. I can't believe that I'm going to say this. This was one of the strongest makeovers in the show's history. I found this to be a complete robbery. I have to disagree. Say it. I love it. I love it. I mean, I think they look look great. I think the painting's great. I think that it's definitely up there in a really great makeover transformation. Absolutely. But I guess that, I guess, like, our tastes are different because, like, Mm -hmm. I'm not, like, camp. I'm not usually for camp unless it's done in a certain way and I'm like, yeah, that that nailed it. So for me, I'm I'm usually going to gravitate towards more chic or clever in like a chic kind of way. And so I I found it too it was too loud for me, too many colors in the outfit. The faces look great. I do fit they fit the brief. I do think that they were second best of the week, but I don't think that they take the win from Michael Maruli. Michelle says, so they can move beyond it. Trixie and Bianca could never. She says to Ginger, the first thing she wrote down was how the fuck did she make these outfits? She says, Wave Out looks amazing and Lux is the look is gobsmacking. She says, the transformation of Rodrigo is unbelievable. Graham says they came around the corner and just popped. He says, the color combination is stunning and says, the detail and the way it's all finished was perfection. He didn't understand what the phone calls were about, but says it doesn't matter now. Daphne says it's giving her complete 60s still a black. She says the transformation is absolutely incredible. Rue asks Ginger what was difficult about Rodrigo's transformation. 
She says after she tied him down to the table and shaved off the beard, they had an absolute blast. What was Wayba's favorite part? Taking herself less seriously, and that's something he will take home with him. What quiet kind of queen emerged? And she says, party queen, someone who is like the cheese of the party. Rue's like a fondue party. And I was like, I don't understand what either of you are talking about, but I like <laughs> cheese, so I'm there. Ginger learned that getting to share this experience with somebody reminded herself why she does it and why it's fun and why she cares about the silly business of dressing up and tells Weva not to come for her gigs as she needs those checks. I'm going to give this an on the line. Of course, it's on the line. I'm actually just like watching it again. Definitely, I, I do like how they're both really like happy, upbeat. They're kind of playing into the role. Um, I still am standing by the fact that I like the other, like the, the actual winning team better. But I'm on the line for these two, for sure. Audience, 100% on the line. They were here for it. 100%? How many people voted? I'm not sure what the number was, but every single you. person who voted, I don't, I don't vote on it. Are you kidding? I can't. I, can't, I don't even know. One hundred percent. One hundred percent voted. I know it's at least over forty this week, so we had we had a good percentage on it. Okay. Head backstage where they start drinking. Ginger and Rodrigo are on cloud nine and can tell she's not in the bottom. She says all of the makeovers were, and then she will stop and say it's a blatant lie. Some of the makeovers were brilliant. <laughs> she hopes that she can clinch her fourth match. The Queens will cheers as Michael yells at Geezer to cross her legs as her binge is out, flashing the fanny. <laughs> Michael is so proud of Peter, who lived their best life. How does Peter feel? Agony. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> but Michael will note that Michelle, of all people, gets emotional. And I guess it takes a lot to get Michelle Vistage to be emotional at all. Yeah, she, I feel like she's been emotional like five times in like yeah. 30 seasons. Did they all enjoy themselves? Of course, they say yes. Peter says it was a bit nerve-wracking, while Zan says it's something that she can't put into words and is so proud to do it behalf on behalf of the charity. Rodrigo never imagined he would be on the main stage, and Didi will talk for Jamie and say they look bloody gorgeous. Jamie will get to chat and say that he was so shocked when Didi showed him the mirror that he almost dropped it in a good way. Gemma says that when she stepped on the stage, any nerves went out and forgot that anyone else was in the room. They have all done well but this is a competition and someone has to go so the conversation is who has to lip sync now kate will be like well who do you think it is tamara and Didi's like oh, it's pretty bloody obvious and tomorrow's like it is and Didi's like yeah it's me and kate did tomorrow really not know or was she just trying to be kind i think she's trying to be kind i think so too she's not that dumb well you could tell who was in the top absolutely <laughs> so they were the only two who didn't get the family resemblance comment. Didi thinks she should have done better, and in hindsight, she thinks she could have done some bits and bobs here to tie them more together, but she doesn't regret it. She doesn't regret it. Girl, you do regret it because you're in the bottom, but okay. Mara just tells her not to be shit next time. We love <laughs> sisterly bonds. Didi's a fighter and thinks she'll do a lip sync. Good. So it has, how does Kate feel? Well, she is disappointed. She wanted to think out of the box and did exactly what she wanted to do, which was be herself. If she has to lip sync, she's in a leather jacket and says it's perfect for the song. Okay, that's a stretch, but we'll go with it. <laughs> and Michael will speak for them all and say they are honored. They did this and told the stories. Time to cheers before the, the mood goes dim. The decisions are in. The winner of the week is your pick, Michael Morole. Ginger, Tamara are safe, leaving Kate and Dee, Dee as the bottom two. Obviously, you agree. I think it should have been Ginger, but I almost feel like Ginger definitely didn't get it because if you gave her another win, like what? 
that many in a row with one off, the season's over. Um, definitely. I mean, I as I said, like I feel like those three queens are the strong queens of the season. Um, but I think yeah, they need to balance it out a little bit to have some more drama. Exactly. The song for me was a knockout choice. I loved it. It's Rena Soyama's This Hell. Are you familiar with Rena? I'm not familiar with Rena. It's, I have not been a Rena fan until probably this year when a bunch of my friends like made me listen to her stuff. I kind of love this track. It was so fun. I mean, the track is good. Like I had never heard of it. I'm like, what's this? And like, I'm like, I, I just, she, okay. What's, where, where is she from? What's she about? I believe she is British. Let me let me confirm that. All I know is she's become a massive gay icon and everyone else um, has gone to see her and I haven't. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm a little jealous. Maybe I should go see her next time <laughs> she's around. Um, well, if my internet wants to work, I can find out. I think she's British. I'm looking, I'm looking. Okay, her genre is uh, alternative indie. Okay. Um... What label is she signed to? It doesn't just say where she's from. She is a Japanese British singer, actress, and model. Oh. 1.1 million followers on the on the gram. That's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Oh, people I know follow her, so she's she's a hit. All right. Let's <laughs> let's go listen to her music. Follow. More. I could tell that Didi performed this, this track on the daily kate maybe not so much this was going to be a more of a battle for kate because well maybe she had to run up that hill to be able to battle dd here it was a campy track but not in the way that kate performs camp because she made a lot of funky faces for me the moment that the lip sync was over was the split on that music break after the lyric that's hot and then dd just goes straight down and was like yeah, that's why you perfectly time your tricks and stunts to music. You have to. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the lip sync? Well, TD's been in the bottom a lot, and but she's a good lip syncer singer. Um, I don't know. I was really frustrated because I wanted um I wanted Kate to do well. Me too. I wanted to. I wanted her to stay in the competition. I was really hoping it was going to be a Shantae. You both stay, um, but like I feel like Dee Dee knew the song, so her lip syncing was better than you know what I mean. It was just like I felt mm-hmm. that Kate was out of her wheelhouse here, um, but I thought that she still did a pretty good job, and I was just hoping that it was a double stay. I, I think there was a universe in which that could have happened because knowing what the next challenge is going to be, you could have four people, you can have five people. It really wouldn't have mattered. Um, in the end, Kate goes, Dee Dee stays. Based on the lip sync, I would agree. Based on the overall track record, I don't. Exactly. I feel like I'm more excited about what Kate's bringing to the table than what Dee Dee is. Now, Dee Dee, I know we know that she has, uh, she's talented with sewing and, you know, she made a lot of garments for Crystal and maybe there was more garments that she's wanting to showcase. And so that's why they gave her the platform to be able to do it. I don't know. But other than her looks, I don't find that her creativity is that, is something that I'm interested in necessarily. I find that Kate, I'm like, what is Kate going to do? 
it's going to have, it's going to be a little more thoughtful. It's going to be a little bit more creative. It's going to be a little more funny. So now I will say that this is the infamous fifth place finisher spot. A lot of campy queens have been eliminated in this spot, like <laughs> Katya, Bendela Krem, Ms. Cracker, Jackie Cox. I so she gets amongst crazy. She's in a good camp. She she's got a lot of good um, people in her position. So not a bad place to be if you want to be brought back. She's yeah, well, we, and we already said that she was probably going to be brought back, right? So absolutely, yeah. I mean, maybe with the who they feel like the season they want to win this season and is likely going to win. I think maybe she, this, she needed to go here. Yeah. All right. I got some burning questions to wrap this podcast up. Are you ready? Okay. What is Kate's legacy? Um, definitely that, uh, black, like the gray outfit with the, the knife in the back. Like that was just really, really smart. It was so smart. And I think the other thing she's definitely going to be remembered is we talked about it earlier, her, her confessionals. She is so smart. She is so witty. And if you can win an audience over by your commentary, you're going to go far. Like we have seen other contestants who have been able to show it both on the runway and in the confessionals, someone like Tace, um, where if you can engage the audience and you have the cheek, the nerve, the gall, the audacity, and the gumption, <laughs> you're going to get people to remember you and talk about you. And I think Kate is going to be that person for mm-hmm. a lot of people. Who won the week? Who do you think had the best episode? Doesn't necessarily have to be the winner of the the challenge. Peter! Who was the I agree. Thank you. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> Peter is the winner. Um, I, again, it was the conversation that was opened up and the way that Michael engaged with Peter and gave him so much respect and admiration it's beautiful like yes respect your elders and this was just done (laughs) so beautifully and well done so congrats peter i hope you get to do drag again you know maybe he maybe he will now maybe it's something that he is like uh, interested in dabbling in it's time to get roasty toasty with a comedy challenge next week who will net the final win before the finale and who is going home didi Didi's has to be going home. Sorry. Um, I think that Ginger is likely going to win maybe the comedy challenge. Um or maybe Tamara. It's but interesting because right I, I think there's no way in hell unless Didi like magically turns into a um a comedy queen comedy overnight. Queen. With the three of them, she's not gonna be in the top yeah it's it's pretty much impossible yeah it's gonna maybe be very that's why maybe maybe rue like if there's a conspiracy we'll put on a little tinfoil hat maybe she wants one of those three northern northeast queens to win and so knowing that it's a comedy challenge kate likely would do well and win it might it might mess up her ideal final three so that listen we love conspiracy theories in this podcast because i throw them out there all the time so i think you're <laughs> right i think you're right after eight episodes the winner of the season is michael maruli i think so i i hear he, hear me out friends i know that ginger has a lot of badges and a lot of wins but looking at the four previous winners of drag race uk you got the Vivian, Lawrence Cheney, Crystal Versace, Danny Beard. 
putting Ginger in that mix feels very samey samey. Putting Michael there, not so much. You have a little bit of variety here where you have this well-trained, well-versed queen. It makes sense for Michael to win. Well, and also if you think of like the Lawrence Cheney, like the fact that they exactly. were always saying that name, um, I feel like the Michael Maroon, like I think that they liked the idea of saying the name. Now, I thought that was going to be the same thing with Drag Race Down Under 3 with Gabriella Labucci, but that didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to be, but that's okay. <laughs> will, they will bring her back just so Michelle and Rue could say do more offensive Italian accent. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, honestly, this has been a really, really strong cast. I do unfortunately think Tamara is out of it simply because of the track record. Um, and I, you can just tell that they want her back. And if she wins, that's less of a chance. She's kind of like Brit Trinity talk. <laughs> yeah, she's she's amazing. But yeah, I, I th- I'm enjoying this season. I'm here for it. I'm definitely enjoying the season. Um, I haven't watched it. It seems like a while. And so it was nice to like meet some new queens. Um, I, I love the British humor and the sentiment. So like it was really fun just getting getting to know some new queens and talking about them this episode. All right. Well, where can we find you on social media? Any money paying apps if you want to share and any <laughs> projects you want to plug? Um, well, it's not a money paying app, but maybe I'll start like, you know, one of those subscriptions eventually. Um, at Shan Friend Friend on Instagram or at Reality Realness with three S's on Instagram or on Twitter at Shan underscore 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 Fran. And my YouTube channel is Reality Realness with three S's. There you go. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. It was a blast chatting with you. Woo! Thanks for having me. I'll come back anytime to talk about anything.